Dog Notebook Podcast, a podcast featuring the stories, trips afield, and legacies that are left following great gun dogs and classy bird dogs. I'd like to thank my sponsor, the Pride Dog Food, for their excellence in performance dog nutrition and Orvis for allowing me the written platform for my outdoor writing. I'd also like to thank the other friends and contributors that make this gun dog community such a great thing. Thanks for listening. This is the next episode of the Gun Dog Notebook, hosted by Darrell Smith. Okay, guys, I also wanted to note that the Super Retriever series is presented to you by Yukonuba. Uh, so thanks to those guys. And Shannon Nardi, as busy as you were, I am extremely excited to meet you uh, this weekend. So, guys, stay tuned for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, guys, guess what? This is the Gun Dog Notebook, and I have. First of all, I love your laugh. So, we guys, let's just go ahead and introduce Shannon Nardi of the Super Retriever series. Ms. Nardi, how's it going? It is going great. I'm in Huntsville, Alabama, at the moment. We've just finished part of our championship with our dock jumping, and we're getting ready to go into the trainers midweek. So, I have a couple days that I'm in between two different events. But we had a great weekend um, on the dock. Okay, so, all right, this is what I need you to do before we even get all kind of in-depth and stuff like that. Um, explain to me, because I never, I'm, I don't participate in dock jumping. I'm a hunting guy. What? Yeah, I got Go ahead. Um, so dock, okay, dock jumping. Well, dock jumping is uh, actually turned into this massive sport in the last probably five years. Okay. Because it's really, I think it's really easy to train a dog to do that. I think most dogs that like to swim or like water and that like to retrieve are very trainable to do this. Right. And then you can just have a powerhouse dog that can do it really well, or you can have a dog that that is average, but it's still fun for them. And I think people just like doing things with their dogs. Okay. Okay. So to me, all right, so I'm I'm a track guy. I'm an athlete, uh, went to college, track scholarship, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So, how I understand, huh? I can explain this to you real well as a track guy. Uh Uh-huh. The way this thing is, we have two different divisions, so to speak, and different levels per division on the dock. Mm -hmm. And for a track guy like yourself, it would be like long jump and high jump. Thought so. That's what I thought we were going for. <laughs> That's what I thought we were going for. I uh okay, cuz I was, you know, I've seen it quite a few times online and, you know, and and so the way the Super Retriever series is set up as far as as many times I've watched it on YouTube and stuff like that and we'll get further into how to find it and all of that, but you know, that's definitely a, a it's like a two, the whole thing is like a two-part series and it yep. it's it's like it's honestly like a big track meet to me and it's kind of you know it's very much so over the course of a few days and these dogs i mean they are you know they kind of have a stance and a start and an owner they all kind of had their own little swag and yeah, yeah. those dogs throw themselves i mean some distances down that lane Oh, let me tell you, we just set a world record on Saturday. Really? Um, with a whippet 
jumped 32 feet. That dog jumped 32 feet. 32 feet at the base of the tail. We measured from the base of the tail where the tail, where the base of the tail and the rump meet the water. Yeah. We have like a scoring system that actually measures all that. It's calibrated to the tool, so it measures the exact distance. And it was 32 feet even from the base of the tail of the dog. Are you serious? That was crazy. <laughs> it was My, so crazy. Okay, so all right, so can you just tell me what that was like? Like, just give me the play that by was play. Like, you know, it's a. I actually video recorded it from my phone. Okay, so mm-hmm. and I was only doing it because the dogs are with it. Okay, he's really, really, really fast. So I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and cover. You know, take my phone, do it in slow mo, so I can see it. You know, see him run. Uh huh. And as I'm as I'm covering him down the dock and into the pool, it was I mean it was so fast. But mm, I was just like, oh my god, he's gonna go out of the pool. I mean, he was so high and so out there. I just I'm like, oh my god, right. it was terrifying for a few seconds. Oh my gosh! And and how long is the pool? Forty feet. Good lord. So, you know, I, 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 I typed in my little thing on Facebook, like, I'm, I'm going to need a bigger pool, uh, because it was, it was pretty, you know, scary for a second, but then I thought it was flat, I knew we were okay. But it was, after that, it was extremely exciting for everybody, especially Rachel, who owns the dog. The dog's name is Slingshot. Her name is Rachel Brinkman. She does all kinds of sports with her dog, fly ball and frisbee and all kinds of different sports, but... She, uh, you know, we had to wait for a while for that scoring system um, gave us the score. I mean, when it did, she was, you know, she was pretty excited about it. What? I mean, you have to be like, you, that dog set a world record. And it, like, how often do dogs even set world records like that? Well, you know, it's so funny. We've, we've all been, we all talked about it. Like, I, you know, I remember when we first did Great Outdoor Games back in, you know, 2002, 2000. We started in 2000. I think in 2001 or two, we, the world record on dock jumping was 2016. Wow. Huge deal. And, you know, little Morgan jumped 2016. And, right. um, and uh, I mean, he actually got it. He was actually an SB nomination for that for that jump at that time. Are you and, serious? Uh, so it, was, it was a pretty cool deal, you know. And, and since then, you know, the, the sport's just grown. There's, and that was mostly Labradors back then that did that. And now we've got the Malinois that are real dominant on the dock because they're so powerful. And then now we've got these whippets and these, you know, greyhound breeds. And it's just, it's crazy. It's just kind of gone crazy. But it's a, it's a cool sport. There's a lot of people doing it. And I think anybody that has a dog that likes water. I mean, we have, like, baby dogs, like little dogs doing it. Mini wow. dogs. They call them mini dogs. And they're... Just, just, you know, like under, know, like under a year old. Down, they're small, and they love it, and so it's like you know, it's just a fun thing I think to do with your dog. You know? Wow, wow, that and is amazing. Like, this is like a travel team for them. You know, they just travel around and jump their dogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, but even at that point, like that's why I like doing all of this stuff with my dog. Eat whether it be hunting, whether it be dog jumping. I've never done it, but it sounds like something I do want to get into. Like, you know, just, you know, little things like that just to really get your dog out, socialize them. But also, um, man, it gives you a chance to it. Like you said, it gives you a chance to travel for for no for for nothing. This girl came. This girl. I'm in Huntsville, Alabama this week. So Mm. she came from Michigan, Gaines, Michigan. 
um, I had a girl travel with a little dog. She was she ran in Mini Fly, which is 16 inches at the withers down, so she's a small dog. Right. Her name was Fink, and she came from British Columbia. Wow. Like, like, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. like a long way. <laughs> that, yeah, that's literally the top of the the continent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the top of the con- continent. Like, <laughs> that is amazing. But that also shows you how far people will go for their dogs. And, and exactly. You know, and it's that, pretty amazing. Right. It's pretty amazing. Right. And so that's the fun, that's the real, you know, kind of, I, I call it kind of the fun part of SRS, not that the retrievers isn't the fun part, but right. it's just more, you know, it's just more fast paced and, you know, right. it's just a fun family um, event, you know, I think, I think everybody, kids and families love to come and sit and watch that and mm-hmm. watch the dogs jump and that that's just a really good time for everybody. Right, right, right. Well, now when you get to the retrievers, when you get into the retriever discussion here, that's a, that's a whole other ball game to me. That's, that's the years and years and years of training mm-hmm. to get to the level that they're at. Mm-hmm. You really got to be a, a kind of enthusiast about that sport to understand what's happening. And, yep. you know, there's so many variables with it. So that whole thing's like a whole, a whole different, it's a whole different sport. Right, know? right. Well, and so while we're on the, the subject of it, can you explain the breakdown of the retriever um, aspect of it? And, and you know, who are some of the trainers that we've got this year? Because is Chris Aiken going to be there? But Chris just- Aiken will be here at the end of the week because he's actually going to be commentating some and doing some um, off-camera or on-camera things for us for behind the scenes. Okay. Uh, so he will be here later in the week, yes. Okay, cool, uh, cool. Yeah, I he 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 was definitely someone I used to watch a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He he was uh he had kind of just perusing around on the website I saw amateur and I went in okay you just kind of clarified my mind because I was like I don't remember there ever being an amateur you know like yeah. I, I, I was just like ah, I don't think and I've watched the Super Retriever series like just historically you know the many years that I can find sure. online and I was like I don't remember seeing any amateurs so that that makes sense okay so let me let me ask yeah, you this so and, Division and our pros this year, and, and so our pros have more than one dog, most of them. Mm-hmm. They, they're qualifying their clients' dogs, basically. Right. Um, so our, our pros this year are um, Lyle Simon and Kobe Williams, Luke Core, 
about amateurs too because now we have a a new part so before we go in depth with it what about the amateur section of it the amateurs we have 21 uh uh qualified and Mm -hmm. we only had two of them that had two dogs okay the rest of them are individual um i think they're really excited i'm really excited because the amateur division has really grown in the last couple years okay um and I think it'll continue to grow. Uh, they've been having their own kind of their own category. will will make that continue to grow. Um, but I, I personally, I I really think an amateur has every capability of beating the pros division as well. I mean, I, I honestly kept thinking that eventually one of these ends is going to beat beat the pros. Right. Dogs. <laughs> because these because they're just as strong. They're, they're just as strong as a handler or a team. Mm-hmm. Um, as the pro division, the pros are. You know, I, I really believe that. And um, but but I think it'll be neat for them to have their own. You know, okay. and winner and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so let me, and and this is something that I kind of think about um, when I'm out there just hunting with my dog, and I see these guys, and I mean, these, you know, they're handling, you know, every, these dogs are handling some serious retrieves, very long retrieves, um, extremely complex patterns and things like that, but let me ask you something just on a very, like, psychological level, I guess. Um, Do you think is when you see these dogs and you've seen them uh, uh, I mean from the beginning when, when you see yeah. the dogs and you see the handlers do you think it has more to do with the fact that the dog is high, these dogs are highly intelligent and they can read body language or communication or do you think that it has everything to do with the relationship that the dog has to the handler the, like the in, inter, intrapersonal relationship well, you know, it's really, that's, really, that's a good question, too. I, 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 it's kind of both, really. I mean, it kind of depends on who you're who you're really looking at or watching with. But mm-hmm. when I, when we started this thing, it was really a, a, it was really a guy and his dog. You know, even the pros that were running it, it was their dog. You know, mm-hmm. I, example, Chris Aiken and Boomer or, you know, Scott Greer and Liza. Mm-hmm. Those were their personal dogs. They hunted with their dogs. They trained their dog, and even though they were a pro trainer, trainer, that's the dog that they brought to the line at the at, at the Super Retriever Series. Okay. So, in time, and I think that that relationship is huge. I think that that's why I say I think the amateur has just as I think the amateur really has a better chance of winning sometimes more than the pro because that guy is with that dog, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the amateur's with his dog every day, and a pro is with a lot of dogs every day. Right. Um, so I, and that's how I look at it. Of course, I, you know, they can say I'm not right about that, but that's just how I, I would think, you know, that's how I think. Well, um, and, and I can appreciate I, that. Go ahead. No, I, I was just saying I can appreciate that. I mean, you know, with my dog, we and like I said, we hunt, but my wife has commented on the fact that she's seen me and my dog work together. And she was like, yeah, I really like the way in which you guys communicate, you know, to get through the woods and things like that. So I look at I, I do study the way people communicate with their dogs on the field. And these pro guys, I mean, I think I think that that's a. 
a really cool way to think about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. I just think you have a, I mean, you know, I mean, I know how I am with my dog. I got a strong bond with her, you know, and if mm-hmm. I was trying to work another dog, I just think it would be different. Right. Of course, you know, they're training those dogs as if they were their own. They're, they're with them, you know, every day. So. Right, for sure. I think it just depends. And I think, I do think that, you know, I think I think the SRS is um, a, a real strategy game, and I think that you've got to be able to, know how to work that mm-hmm. it's a strategy there's a complete strategy to it um and i and i think new guys that come in i think it takes two or three events to kind of get to get that you know to figure that all out to figure right. out what that strategy is and how, to, how you're gonna play it right right so and and then this is because <laughs> we deep into it now like i want to make sure that you know we even know who shannon nardi is but right before we yeah like we haven't even gotten to the cool part yet but look we're gonna get there i promise we're gonna get there but what i do want to ask the it and because it's it's been on my mind since you since we started talking about pros versus ams what what is it that differentiates an amateur from a, a pro Okay, so, yeah, I, I, that's a big question. I explain it to a lot of people because a lot of people don't understand the difference between a pro and an am. Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, in most, in most sports, an amateur is trying to become a pro, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in this sport, that's not the case. An amateur is a guy who kind of trains his own dog. And, right. he's, you know, he's got a regular job and he trains his own dog in his own time. He's an amateur. Okay. And a pro, and a pro dog is a guy who trains dogs for a living. So he trains, you know, he has he, he may have his own dogs in that in that uh, lineup, but he's also got several clients that he trains dogs for. Right. Um, and that's not to say that the amateur could not compete in that pro division, or you know, we actually are trying to rephrase that to an open division. So right. the amateur could compete in that division if he wanted, but if he does compete in that division, then he would he qualifies in there, and he'll you know continue to play in that division that year. Okay. So. Um, so yeah, so that that's the difference. Just really, you know, just basically a guy who finds a dog for a living and a guy who doesn't. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Like, is, and, you know, I, I have to get into, the, I guess, the specifics of it because, um, what I do want to do is encourage anybody, you know, any of my listeners and, and my whole message is that like, look, these, these dogs, they are built to be used and they enjoy it. And, you know, for me, even doing a little bit of hunt testing and things like that is like an athlete is it's a year round thing when we're done it gives your dog something else to do yeah that's what I, when people don't know what this game is at all they're like well what does that what does that mean i'm always like well that's kind of it's kind of like fake hunting yeah between the hunting pieces over then they fake hunt the rest of the year right just <laughs> to keep i mean and and they're 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 fake hunting at a very high level <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, 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 and not fake hunting for anybody that's listening to it, like in no kind of offensive way. Like, it's, 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 I get what you're saying. Like, I mean, you're basically doing a, a hunt, uh, uh, you're doing a scenario, a hunting type scenario. Right. Even in a field ball, the hunting type scenario. Mm-hmm. So exactly. you're doing what the dog is, really likes to do. Right. <laughs> that right. dog loves to retrieve and loves to, mm-hmm. whether it's in a hunt, a real hunt or a not real hunt. Right. 
Right. And it's it's very interesting. You say the dog loves to retrieve. I was talking to my father-in-law today, matter of fact, um, and he was asking me about my dog, um, Ruger, and Ruger's a lab and, and all of that. And I, uh, I, we've had some pretty successful hunts so far this season. So he was like, well, how is it, you know, that you, you correct your dog or you discipline your dog or, you know, when, you, when he, you know, wants to be out there hunting. And I'm like, I just don't let them have the retrieve. You see what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, they're, yeah. they're just retrievers. Like they enjoy retrieving. Yeah. <laughs> so and they're going to be like, oh no. Right. The world has completely fallen apart. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Miss uh, Nardi, Shannon Nardi, I'm sorry. I'm, my grandmama raised me right, so if I call you Miss. Miss Nardi, so how did you even, let's talk about the beginning. Let's just start from the beginning. How did this even come about? I am a, I work in television. That's what my, that's my trade. Mm-hmm. I'm a TV producer and editor. That's what I do for a living. Um, I uh, worked with my, my, I worked for my dad's company back in the early, late 90s into the year 2000. And we did, a, we were real involved with ESPN Outdoors. Okay. Um, that whole million block of TV that everybody watched back then in, that, in those days where, several fishing and hunting shows on ESPN Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of our our baby. We, we um, produced a lot of those shows, and we actually put that block together for ESPN. Okay. So in the in 1999, they decided they were going to try to do a you know um, a collection of different sports, and they called that the Great Outdoor Games. Um, and that aired on ESPN for five years. And so wow. the very first year was the year 2000. So um, that that was a the sports that they had were like you know bass fishing, fly fishing, uh, uh, shooting sports, archery. They had um, steel timber sports, mm-hmm. uh, and then they had these dog sports, which were fly ball, big air, which was the dog, was the dog jumping, uh, agility, and retriever trials. Okay. And so I got put in retriever trials. Which I, I mean, I didn't even know what that was. I was like, well, what's the retreat problem? I, I don't know nothing about that, you know. And I was yeah. kind of mad because all my colleagues were working on the fly fishing venue or the, you know, or the agility. They were working on the other venues, and I got put by myself without any people I knew. Yeah. Retreat so I was kind of upset about that at first. And then, um, so I, uh, there was also a venue that was off-site because we had to have a big piece of property. So I wasn't in the circle. We were in Lake Placid where they do the Olympics. And so everybody was in the circle and everything was right there. And I'm like, you know, five miles down the road in a field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sat in, in a truck and I was, my job was to watch the footage come in, make sure it was coming in right and all that good stuff. And um, so I'm sitting in this trailer watching the, the video camera or the, the, the monitors of all the, the camera um the cameras that were in the field and I guess the first dog that went you know ran 300 yards up the middle of the field and turned around on a whistle and wow. I, I just was like blown away by that wow <laughs> like, yeah I mean it's pretty impressive they could do that yeah 
I didn't know they could do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was, a very, it was very impressive to me. I had to let her go at home, and I felt guilty for, you know, I went home and apologized to her. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you could do all this, and I just been letting you, you know, do nothing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I became very involved with that, you know, and I learned a lot from the organizers, and, and you know, and of course, that event was made for TV, so it was a whole different type of event, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, we had to add point systems to it. We had to, you know, we had to make it. We had to make it easy for a viewer to understand, and that was that was the hardest thing. Because, you know, as you all know, there's a lot of variables mm-hmm. in any kind of hunt test or field trial or anything. There's so many variables, and it's hard to teach an audience that in a little amount of time. Right. So we added that point system to it, and um, uh, and, and it was basically a hybrid. It was built as a hybrid of hunt tests and field trials. And um, and that, and that's just that's kind of how it started. So for the first few years, um, the organizers picked out you know twelve dogs to run this event. And by the time the second year was over, we we realized it was well. The, the ESPN realized that the ratings were very good on it. People were, I think, people were all. Uh, I think it affected them the way it affected me. Right. You know, like I, I was really blown away by that. And I really think that an audience felt the same way, and I and so it rated very well. Right. And from that rating, they decided that they wanted to hold qualifiers, um, and then so the Super Retriever Series became the qualifier for the Great Outdoor Game, and we held three events a year to qualify. You know, three three teams from every event, and then we ended up with us, and then a team that won the year before would get their. They, you know, they'd come back to defend the titles, and we had 12 teams every year. So Super Retriever Series is basically created as a qualifier for the game, and then when ESPN stopped doing outdoors across the board, which was in 2005, mm-hmm. um, we had this event that was strong. It wasn't like we could just quit. You know, I thought, okay, it's over. Well, no, we had a strong event, and we, we decided to just keep going with it, and and so we did. Wow. <laughs> and it's been 18 years, and we're still going. I mean that, and that's really, really, really powerful. So, when you say you, you you went home and looked at your lab and was like, "What in the world have I got going on?" Did you start? Did you did you kind of kick it into high gear and, and and start some hunt tests or field trials or anything? You know, I, I did. I had a Labrador at home. She was older for them, and I felt really bad about that. I would say, as soon as I get Gia, yeah. I guess I bought my dog in 2003 as a puppy. I started training her myself. And, and you got to understand, I had I had the best trainers. I lived by the best trainers right. in the world now. They're like in my backyard. So <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I had the best teachers to learn how to train my dog. And, and, uh, and of course, I never took her this far. But, I, you know, I got her HR title. I, I, she was... She was real kind of high high driven, so I could never get her past that honor bucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. she she would have had her uh, honey retriever championship title, but I, she could never sit still on that honor bucket. So we never got her past that HR title. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> but, still pretty. She was a great dog, and I loved I loved the sport, you know. And uh, uh, I lost her last year, so I, and I had her puppy, but she's kind of she's not as um, she's kind of airheaded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and gone, you know? Yeah. But, but I, I will, I will definitely be, you know, looking to do that again. You know, that's kind of my goal is to get my get another dog, train it myself, and 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 run this event. That's kind of my goal. Right. Right. <laughs> my lifetime goal. Hey, look, I, I mean, I get it, and so with this next pup, like, have you? And how old is a pup? 
I haven't got a puppy yet. I, my dog is now, I had, I lost mama last year uh-huh. and then I got her daughter who is 10 now. So okay, 10. I'll probably get a puppy in another couple of years. Okay, okay. I thought that dog was just much younger. Okay, that was what was going on. No, right. no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, now are you, are you, are you just putting her in tests and trialing? Are you hunting with her? What, what all have you? Yeah, I just, no, she just, she just is. She just is her. Is her. That's all she, she doesn't do anything. She, she's got an HR title, so she's done some hunt tests. Okay. Um, um, and I don't think she's ever hunted. She's scared of death of storms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just, she just hangs out with me at home and travels with me. Okay. Okay. It's all good. Look, the fact that she's got the title, like I put my dog, uh, he passed his first hunt test. We haven't been back since. Um, but because I just like I said, I spend so much time in the woods. But what I do like um, that, like I personally, I'm not sure if my dog would be able to get to this level or not, like to the level of a super retriever series like we handle very well in the woods and stuff like that. But the amount of control and 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 just it's like driving a steering wheel with the dogs in the in the super retriever series. You know, yeah. it, it. You know, it's very, very, very interesting how they're connecting with those dogs. Like I said, I'm not totally sure we could get to that level, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You, you know, to know how to to pick those dogs out of a litter, out of a litter, you know. Yeah, it, it's just very interesting yeah. and understanding just these breeds and bloodlines that are going on you know, to make these type of just all around dogs. And the fact that the Super Retriever Series is kind of a, co- a culmination of field trial standards and hunt tests, you know, there you can see remnants of both in there, right? Yeah. To yeah. know how to pick well, a dog from that litter is amazing to me. Yeah, I think so too. But, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, when you take a dog from a litter, obviously, you know, their bloodlines are good and, you, you, and you're looking at their whole pedigree and all that. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know a lot about that. I would probably be getting somebody to help me pick yeah. out a dog to make sure I did that right. Yeah. But, um, but I do think that some, you know, I mean, you never know what you're going to get. Right. You know? Right. I mean, you really don't know that. I mean, you can say it's going to be a good bloodline and they're probably going to be good if the bloodline's good, but sometimes you might just get a. Sounds like mine. It scared to death of storms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's very true. And and but the thing is, to 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 see this little dog as a pup and watch it grow and see it turn into this champion, you know, like that has to be a very surreal type of thing. Oh yeah, I think so too. And I and I tell you what, when this, you know when I see these dogs this week and they come in, they they are to me. I, I look at them and they're just athletes coming off the truck. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it amazes me. You yep. know what I mean? It's, they're just they're literally athletes coming off that truck. Yep. Yep. Um, and I mean, you just I, I don't know. It's just really kind of a cool thing. To yeah. me. I really, really, I really enjoy watching it. I really, you know, each one of them is so different. They had their own personalities, and I just I really. I really think that's cool. Yeah. So now we never really got into this. What specifically is your role with the Super Retriever <laughs> Series and your whole history yeah. of involvement in everything um, that you've done? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. I um, I'm kind of the owner and operator of it. Okay. Um, I've got a, you know, we've got a board uh, of all the handlers. I have pro and amateur handlers on the board, and a couple of people that don't participate as much anymore. And they're kind of my, um, 
you know, the sounding board, and they make help us make decisions and rules, right? And, and um, but but it's basically in my lap, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to make it go, you know. Um, it's got it's had its ups and downs, like anything else, and um, but but it's extremely strong right now, and yeah. growing faster than we can keep up with, which is great. Right, great that problem. that has to feel amazing. It really is. It is. It is. It is. It's an amazing feeling. Um, you know, we partnered with the United Kennel Club last year, which mm-hmm. I think was a, a huge step. We've been working for a few years on that, and mm-hmm. it finally came to fruition. So now we, our titles are, are actual titles, and uh, that's a, a real big deal. I, I really wanted that to happen, but I thought I feel like these dogs deserve it, and these teams deserve it, and. And so we we made that happen. So um, so we developed a point system for that, and and to earn a title, and and to get qualified for the championship, and and it's it's, it's just rolling like a a fast train. You know, it's, it really is rolling fast, and it's doing well. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can tell. I mean, and this, and and when we when you talk about you know the people that you're involved with and sponsors, you know, you guys even have some pretty. I mean, you have some pretty solid sponsors, and that just shows the the progress that you've made. You know, with this yep. whole event, you know. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I mean, it's, yeah, I'm real proud of it. I'm both, I'm, I'm proud of this. I'm, I'm glad to see. I mean, I think that this dog world. I mean, like I, you know, I'm an HRC member, and mm-hmm. I've never played the uh, AKC side of the game. If I get a dog, I'm sure I will, um, because I, I think that I think everybody likes all the different dog sports. I think they right. like the challenge, right? And I think that um, I think that all of these sports are, are growing. I think this whole sport is growing. I think that you know each of us are, you know, just you know each of the organizations are, are doing well. I think mm-hmm. it's a real strong sport, and I, I'm more excited about that. You know. Yep. 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 I agree. And, you know, it's, it's thus going to be the thing that, you know, we use to continue to better the, the, the sport and the breeds, you know, all the time. So now in the Retriever series, it's predominantly Labradors from, from what yeah, I see. It's mostly all Labradors. I think that, I think one time we had a, a boy can run a qualifier one time. Really? I, I remember that. And, I, and we've had a couple Chesapeake's and we've had a few Goldens. But it's primarily Labradors. Okay. Okay. Is there now, and, and I'm a Labrador guy, I got to, you know, kind of boost, boost, yeah, boost okay. the labs. Is there a particular reason that you think? I'm a, I'm a yellow girl myself. I'm a yellow dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a yellow dude. So, I, you know, I'm here for it. <laughs> so what, what makes the Labrador just such a competitive dog? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I, I just think they, I mean, they like what they do. I, I don't know that the dog's competitive. Yeah. I think the hammer's competitive. And I think, I think the hammer, in, in my game, I think he's got to be competitive. Okay. Um, and I just think the dog loves to retrieve. Right. I think the dog just wasn't working and doing his job, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask, because it's, it's just very interesting, like in a lot of different types of, um, you know, dog sports, like, uh, when I went to the Ames Plantation and I was looking at in, in the, the National Bird Dog uh, Museum, I, what I saw was like yeah. a lot of English pointers and a lot of English setters winning those trials. And then you go to like something like NAVDA, oh, yeah. Yeah. you see a lot of German shorthairs winning those games, you know. 
and it's it's just interesting to me why those particular breeds trend the way that they do. I don't know. That, that that's a really good question, but I don't really know that answer. I've been around <laughs> one set of fur dogs. Yeah. Um, uh, in in that capacity, and yeah. um, and, and it's, it's a different it's a different game, it's a different deal, but um, right. It, I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, obviously the retrievers are, you know, they're they like waterfowl, and the and I guess like you know you have uplands too. They you, you do upland with them, don't you? Yes, yes. I mean, I don't know. It just. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just kind of one of those things when you see a, a a certain trend, it just makes me ask, like, why is it that way? I think that was my biggest thing. <laughs> like, I can't answer that. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm just, I don't know, maybe that was just so far out, but maybe that was just so far out, I just, I just kind of had thought about it, like, huh. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like I, like I remember the first time I, I, I visited Randy Anderson, uh-huh. this kennel in Oklahoma, and he's got bird dogs. Um, and he does the field trial, yeah. um, with the bird dogs, and then he brought these puppies out that were like, I don't know, eight weeks or twelve weeks or something there. And I'd never, I was there to photograph them, and and I'd never been around them. I didn't really know much about them. And they took this wing on a fishing pole, uh-huh. slapped it in the middle of all those puppies, yeah, and they all pointed. They all pointed. Yeah. And, I, and it blew me away, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't know that was something that, I just didn't know that they would do that at that age. Right. So, you know, obviously that's just in their, in their, it's, it's just their. It's just the makeup. In their genes. <laughs> yeah, it's what they do. Um, wow. So I guess that's maybe with the Labrador. The Labrador just, you know, bred to retrieve. I mean, heck, they love to do it. My my freaking dog brings me back socks all the time. Just so she wants me to throw up all the time. You right. Know? Whatever she can find for me to throw, she's gonna bring it. Right. It's just it's it's just so interesting. And and again, this is that's just my maybe my competitive nature. I'm always thinking like, well, why is one thing maybe stronger or better than the next. Like I'm I'm looking at speaking of pointers, I'm I keep saying this to a lot of my friends. They're probably annoyed with me saying that I'm working on getting an English pointer in February. And the reason I, yeah. I decided to narrow down to that particular breed was because I honestly just saw how much success that they were having over other breeds of dogs in those field trials. I was like, man, that dog got has to be really good, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's an interesting question. I don't really know that. Either. Yeah, it's it's. Like, I think you can talk to a trainer and make a guy. They probably give you a better answer than I can talk. To. I I think I think you know I might ask that to some trainer. And if any of my listeners yeah. are trainers, I would love to to know the answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, you know, just as we get closer to the uh, Super Retriever Series and and I guess closer to the end of the week because I will be there Saturday actually. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what are some of the things that like every year you look forward to or you know like what, what comes next for you? This whole week will be like we're 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 producing this for TV, mm-hmm. so we're you know my job will be to make sure that we're getting all that done. I'm going I'm looking to get everything covered. 
um, we're gonna we're gonna cover it live stream. We won't be having commentary during it. We're yeah. just gonna let it roll so people can watch. So we'll do the live stream and then we'll cover um, we'll cover it for television as well. And we'll do a lot of interviews and and try to build the story along with the competition. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's my primary goal the rest of this week. I you know I I can't say that I like one part better or, or look forward to anything. I, I like the competition. I okay. like seeing. You know, I like to see the leaderboard move. You know, and, mm-hmm. and see the challenges they have to go through. And and I, I don't know. I just like watching. There, it's a it's a completely competitive. I mean, even though the qualifiers are competitive, this is really competitive. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think there. I think most of these guys really want to win. And like I said, I think it's because the guy's competitive. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, but I, but I do think the dog feeds off of that. I do think the dog can feed off of their energy and their, um, you know, what they're trying to what they're trying to do. Right. Right. And that's I mean, but that's a, a daily thing. You know, when you're spending as much time with these with these dogs, you guys start to learn to communicate. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. at, that, oh, yeah. at, at yeah. the Super Retriever Series, you know, whether it's dog jumping or whether it's the retriever part, I mean, you're just communicating with a creature on an extremely high level, you know. Right, 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 right. You're you're communicating with the animal, and and like I said, I appreciate the Super Retriever series for a lot of different reasons. You know, one of them is it actually does allow you know for me, like I've had a couple of people you know ask me to explain things like the retrieving and hunting and all of that, and a lot of the times I will in that conversation bring up you know. Uh, retrieving sports like the Super Retriever Series because it kind of helps put it in perspective for a lot of people. Like it's not, you know, I don't always want people to think like hunting and shooting and, you know, running gun dogs is all just about killing. It's about natural ability. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, it, and that's what we're doing. We're looking at that dog. We're looking at the ability of that dog in every capacity. Like we're looking at that dog in a field trial scenario. We're looking mm-hmm. at that dog in a hunt test scenario, and we're looking at that dog in a hunting, what we call hunt savvy, like a hunting type scenario. Right. So that there's got to be elements of hunting in there. There's a boat or a layout blind or you know just something that you do in an actual hunt. Right. So we 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 try to make that like we're really looking for the best all-around dog in every capacity mm-hmm. in this in this mess. okay okay see and that's that's what it's really about i mean and just carrying on that legacy so let me ask you this all right all right now i have this i have this dying question i've been waiting to ask you don't have to give a name or anything like that. You're around all of these pros that, I mean, they're operating dogs like Porsches, right? I, what's like the most insightful thing you may have come into, like heard from one of these trainers? What do you mean? Like, because I wonder how these guys think, I guess. And if you're talking to them, has anybody just dropped like wisdom that just really stood out to you by chance? I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, I was real, I was really fortunate, not necessarily in the SRS part of this, but I was real fortunate to work on uh, two different pros, actually three. Mm-hmm. Their their training video. 
Oh, hang on one second. I know you're recording this, so I can let these guys in the car. Okay, no problem. <laughs> I'm on my podcast. So, yeah, so I, I had the, the honor of actually working on three different videos, um, or two, really, but one of them was with Danny Farmer and Judy Acock. Mm-hmm. I worked on their training video, mm-hmm. um, and I also worked on Chris Aiken. Uh, so I learned so much from working on those, more so than you know anything I've gotten from an, uh, a trainer, really. I mean, I've had some great things that they said during training, but the, the one thing that always has stuck out with me from than any trainer has ever said to me was when Danny Farmer talked about, you know, really like when you're building a house, like when you, you build a dog like you build a house, you know, you build that foundation mm-hmm. and you add the walls and you add the roof and you're adding all these elements. And he went through this whole you know, discussion about that and it just really made sense to me, you know, that you really got to start back. And if it wasn't working, you had to go back and start again. If something right. wasn't right, if the wall was crooked, you had to take that wall down and start again. Right. And he used that, that analogy with, with dog training. And yep. it just made perfect sense. You yep. know, like, you know, if something's not working and something's wrong in your program, you need to go back, you know, go back to those basics and work back up again, you know. Absolutely. So that always is, of any trainer, that's always stuck out to me. And, and Judy was the same way. They just, just their analogies and their theories were so incredible. And, I, and I'm really lucky because I got to, to listen to that because a lot of that didn't make their DVD. And I always told them they needed to take all that stuff that ended up on the floor that didn't, they didn't use and make a just a soundtrack of it because <laughs> yeah. listening to something like that I'm afraid that a test would be helpful you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I understand uh, but you know I, I really enjoy talking to the hammers at, at, at the SRS when I'm asking them questions about their dog I always am more interested in, the, in their dog and you know what the what the what their dog's like what his personality's like or her personality's like and so I always try to get them to really focus on, on a lot of that so I can so we can build that and I can build that personality for the viewer on what this dog's like and why this dog is special to that handler, you know, because okay. they all have different reasons. Yep. I think the last time I did something like this with them, I asked them if their dog was an Olympic athlete, because the Olympics were happening right then. Yeah. I was like, if your dog was an Olympic a- athlete, which which sport would they be participating in and why? Mm-hmm. And that was fun, because they had to think about that for a second, like, oh, mm, you know. Um, so that was kind of fun to get those answers, you know, because they were all different, and they all had different sports, and they all had reasons of why they chose that sport. Right. But I like to, I like asking those guys like what you know what it is about their dog and why they think they're so good and and what's their personality and and all that kind of thing. You know? Really? Okay. Okay. I like that. So anything that that kind of stood out to you out of those scenarios? Oh yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I always try to send a question at them like that because I know it always stumps them because always, and I'm sure they're expecting some kind of crazy question from me. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun because it, it lightens the it lightens everything up. You know, they're in competition. They're they're completely focused about that. And then you throw a question like, "Hey, what's your what sport would your dog play if he was next?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think that she would be ice skater. She would be ice skating because she's, you know, agile. Or, you know, he. I remember that guy just really going under why she could be a good ice skater. And, and it kind of loosens that up. And then it also makes you think about that when you watch the dog. You've heard him say that. And then if you watch the dog and, and put what he's just described her as or him as, then you can see why that is. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. And it, it helps build that personality. So, so for me, as a television producer, it helps me build that personality so that a viewer... 
you know, just like with any sport, the viewer falls in love with the team for mm-hmm. a certain reason. You know, it's either their home team or, you know, like when you watch the Olympics, you start rooting for somebody because of a certain reason. And it's because they built those per- they built those little personalities yeah. so you can love one or not love one or, you know, whatever. And right. I like to try to do that for my viewer. I like to try to, to, to get them to get to really know their teams. Right. Right. Wow. That is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, I I think you pulled it. Uh, I think you pulled that one just all together. That really summed it all up for me. Absolutely. Well, I think you are doing it fantastically well. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, Ms. Nardi, I it's just been such an honor and such a pleasure. And please, please, please know that I'm going to come looking for you when I get down there because I just oh, yeah, want to shake please, your hand. Please do. Please do. Please do. I mean, I'll probably either be wherever you see a camera or I'll be in that production truck and right. dude, come knock on the door. Don't hesitate. Just do that. I'll, I'll be expecting it. Right. And my last thing, my buddy Jerry in Provento. So, of course, I got uh, oh, introduced yeah. through, you know, Jerry. Like, he, when I tell you that man is is, is special to me. I mean, yeah, he's, but he's just a good guy. And so, I mean, Jerry was just you know, just been a, a really, really, really good friend thus far. And before we get off, I, I kind of wanted to talk about how you, um, you know, ran into Jerry because he's had some amazing photography. I actually, I actually ran, I actually saw his stuff on, on Instagram. Okay. And I just called him. Yeah, that, you know, that so, Jerry, so that I'm man's work is amazing. I, you know, I know he's, he's looking forward to the opportunity and I, and I'm really excited about that for him. And, you know, and I, and I, I see what he shoots and I, I'm like, oh, that's going to be perfect. Yep. And so now I'm going to have, and I know I've only seen like mostly dogs. So, so I don't really, I've never really seen anything else he's done. So I, I've only yeah. just looked at the Instagram uh, page, which mm-hmm. is Field Dog Imagery, imagery page. And uh, so for me, it's like, uh, uh, you know, he'll, he'll learn a lot from me because I'll be like, okay, I need you to also get like some lifestyle. I love lifestyle pictures. I love seeing the guy at the trailer sitting down with his dog just hanging, you know. I, mm-hmm. I like all that lifestyle. Because um, for me, it tells a story about what's happening at the event, you know. Right. Um, so, um, so he'll have some challenges there just with me because I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm crazy. I think about a bunch of crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, I'll be a fun challenge for him. I'll be a fun challenge for him. Cool. Look, I believe it. And if I honestly like, you know, I'm I'm just excited because it's gonna be a pretty big weekend for me. I get a chance to meet you. I get a chance to you know hang out with Jerry yeah, for a little bit, and then I'm coming from the Kevin's Game Fair, so I'll be going to Kevin's Game Fair, oh, awesome. then the Super Retriever Series. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Very good. That'll yeah. Awesome. So you know, well, well I look forward to meeting you. Well, look, it is. I think we'll have a good time. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna see some good. I think it's gonna be a lot, a lot of good, good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Miss Nardi, it's it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Hey, is there anything that I that you want to leave my listeners? How can they find you? How can they find the Super Retriever series? Any of that information? Wow. Well, yes. Um, so uh, I'll give you all the breakdown real quickly. So this is uh, we're gonna, uh, we're on Facebook, which is Super Retriever series. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on, on Instagram, which is Super Cheever Series. I'm not a big Twitterer, but I do feed my Twitter account to the Facebook page. Okay. And then you can find us on, on SuperRetrieverSeries.com. Awesome. And we are getting ready to go into the Super Retriever Series Crown Championship this week, and it's presented by Yukonuba. Awesome. 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 Well, I will be there taking my own little Instagram picture. So <laughs> perfect. That'll be great. That'll be great. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We'll put all our, we'll put our little, we'll put our little, um, our little tags and our, everybody will need a tag and all that. We'll have a little sign up somewhere so oh. they can tag everything. So oh, let's do that. Spread the word. Let's do that. Like I, I think we should do like a super retriever series gun dog notebook tag or some of some sort. I don't know. Like, yeah, let's let's do that. All right, I'll I will come up with something um, very very soon. I'll send it to you and see how you like it. Awesome. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm excited about meeting. I think it's going to be a good time. And uh, if anybody's around, you know, it's a free event. Come sit and watch. We're all right. Love to have them. Absolutely. 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 Well, guys, that is the end of this episode of the Gundog Notebook with Super Retriever Series. Shannon Nardi, um, it's been a pleasure, and guys, I, I know y'all enjoyed this episode, and you know, just stay tuned. I will have some photos and, and new experiences and some more laughs with Ms. Nardi and Jerry and everybody there, so just stay tuned, guys. Talk to y'all later. At the end of this episode, I also, again, wanted to note that Super Retriever Series is also brought to you by Yukonuba. Um, and uh, Shannon, I wanted to uh, thank you again for making the time for me, uh, especially out of your busy schedule. Um, also, going on some more um, just acknowledgments, Jerry and Provento, like, man, that's a, that's a buddy right there. And he's really, really, really been someone that's advocated for me and my uh my podcast so i wanted to thank jerry um mike carr for such amazing dog food again for the pride dog food guys my sponsor uh yeah (laughs) i can tell everybody can tell a difference when it comes to ruger and i mean my dog has a motor on him and he burns 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 it all out but my dog has been in the best shape and condition of his life 
and that's because of you know what I uh, present to my dog uh, which is the fried dog food it just mm, I could I'm, I'm waiting to get my car on here um, I'm just waiting that's gonna be a good episode he's got some stuff going on um, in the dog world and so he's he's uh, doing this field trial thing but uh, whenever I can get him available that'll be cool but anywho guys um, again I just really 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 appreciate uh, since I've already recorded the episode by now Chris Edlin um, from Orvis for making the time to record with me and um, you know <laughs> Edgar Castillo Hunt Birds the, the list goes on and also especially my wife for sure for making the time to enjoy my craziness <laughs> about my podcast and stuff so anywho um it's just, it's been a blessing. I'm really, really, really enjoying this podcast thing. So, anywho, we are going down to uh, Kevin's game fair today. And uh, we are going to make our way around to the Super Retriever Series to go hang out with Shannon and Jerry for a second. All right, guys. Back to another episode, and I will catch y'all later.